It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Guys are more typically sort of ready to go. And a lot of times women need some excitement and some connection and some low grade stuff um, beforehand to get them to the point that they're ready to, you know, engage in this. Guys, <laughs> if you were told you're never going to orgasm this year, but you're going to have intercourse like 50 times, how would you feel? Yeah. Men who value their, their wives outside the bedroom have a much better time with their wives inside the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So what we found is that men who were able to share their feelings outside of the bedroom um, had a much, much better sex life inside the bedroom. Dear young married couple, you know, sometimes good guys need a guide to great sex. <laughs> they do. And good girls need a guide to great sex too. So if you are looking for the good girl's guide to great sex, search that on our podcast and you will find an episode that we did with Sheila Gregoire. But today we had the privilege of interviewing the two of them, Sheila and her husband, Keith. Keith is a pediatrician and he joins his wife in talking about sex all over the world um, and really challenging a lot of what we grow up thinking about sex, especially in Christian circles. Yeah, we know you're going to get something from it. It was a really fun conversation. Mm -hmm. So uh, listen up. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. We're so thankful to have you on today. Welcome, guys. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So if you haven't listened to the podcast for very long, you need to know that we have recorded a couple of episodes with Sheila, and <laughs> one was with her daughter. It was called The Great Sex Rescue, and then we recorded one with Sheila a couple years ago called... I think one of the top podcasts that we have. Yes, for sure. The Good Girl's <laughs> Guide to Great Sex fantastic episode. We get feedback from that and we use it as homework for a lot of our clients. So we're very grateful, Sheila, for the work that you put out there and specifically what you've poured into our own community. Awesome. I'm glad it's yes, helpful. For sure. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to uh, helping all the guys out there. They're a little <laughs> lost in the weeds and the forest. And uh, just because, you know, it's one thing for women to get resources, but a lot of times I, I don't find very many guys getting resources for this area, even though right. they are very affected by this area yep. of you know sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, it's so cool that there is a, a resource for men to start to understand what's happening. Yes. Amen. So welcome, Keith. We're so thankful that you've been able to join your wife in this endeavor and bring some good material to the board. We, uh, we had a chance to preview the book a few months back yes. and it's not even out yet. Um, but man, such good resources. So thank you guys. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's great. We, we really loved it. And, I, and I'm, I'm so glad to be on this podcast, particularly because when I wrote the book with Sheila, you know, the way I was thinking of it was I wanted, wanted to write it to a younger version of me. Like all the nice. things that I wish I had known <laughs> back mm-hmm. at the beginning and didn't have to learn the hard way. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's the audience listening right now. So here's an opportunity to pour into that demographic for sure. Well, let's just kick this off, you guys. Tell us a little bit about um, the research that you did prior to writing this book. I know you've done, you know, ginormous surveys in the past. Um, (laughs) Tell us about who you surveyed and what kinds of questions you asked, and then we'll dive into some of those results. Yeah, we got up close and personal and really nosy. Um, So for those of you who heard our podcast on the Great Sex Rescue, which was our book that was released last March, um, that one was based on a huge survey of women that we did. And we were looking specifically at like, are there certain evangelical teachings that have made sex more difficult for couples? After we finished that, we then surveyed like a couple thousand men um, and asked very similar questions. And that was really cool because in many cases, we asked exactly identical questions. So we compare answers. Nice. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. We have some really nice data sets and numbers. And so in, in the good guys guide to great sex, which is out March 15th and the totally revamped good girls guide to great sex, which I completely rewrote. It's like, I stuck it in a cannon. I blew it up and then I picked up the pieces and blew it up again. And I don't even know if there's a single (laughs) sentence that's there. Like I totally reworked it to, to, so that all of our new research is in there. And yeah, and it's yeah. it's you did a good job of it for sure. I loved yeah. reading the revised version, even though I've loved the the one from ten years ago. I put it in all my bridal shower gifts, yes. but I loved that you were able to incorporate the research that you did. Yeah. So any of you like geeky nerd people, you'll love the charts, and if you're not a geeky nerd person, you'll still like it because it's fun. So it's <laughs> yeah. a fun subject. Sure. It should carry you yeah. through. <laughs> yes. So tell us what were some of these questions that you guys asked the guys. Okay, so I guess this is mine because I was the one who did the survey. So um, we started off with marital satisfaction. So Mm -hmm. rate your marital. We asked all kinds of of academically approved question sets that have been used in other surveys so that we did it up to academic standards. Um, So we asked about that. We asked about sexual satisfaction and very similar questions that we asked the women. Um, What we did for the men is we did a deep dive into questions about lust and porn because we were especially interested in the question, is lust really every man's battle? Because we hear that all the time in the church and we wanted right. to really dig down deep and figure out what was going on. So we did, that was exciting. And then we also asked um, some of the beliefs that we found in the women's survey were most harmful. We, we wanted to see if the men believed those as well and what and how those beliefs affected men's marital and sexual satisfaction as well. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. I guess for the men listening that want to take, you know, have a better sex life and what answers that you came up with would help them best <laughs> in where they are now. Do you want me to take this? No, I, I, okay. I, mean, I, I was going to talk about sort of male entitlement. I sure. think that's, that's mm-hmm. the, the big thing I would say that we took away from this is that guys who come to sex with a sense of entitlement don't do mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who come to sex with the concept of this is a mutual thing that we're supposed to both uh, experience and we're both supposed to, it's meant for both of us do really well. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things we saw consistently. People who believe these messages that are very much like sex is for men, you have to do it, ladies, that kind of stuff. It was consistently showing that they didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. me give you a snapshot of that. 
Okay, so yeah. Yeah, this is a really cool question. So we asked both women and men, um, does the husband do enough foreplay? Yes. Okay. Okay. And what we found is that when women frequently reach orgasm, you know, like over 90% of both men and women say, yes, he does. When women do not reach orgasm very often, 71% of men still say they do enough foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes us ask in the book, what do you mean by enough? Right. <laughs> yeah. Also, what do we mean by foreplay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, when when does that start and stop? Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of men have this idea, that, oh, it just happens between these this confinement of time or right. whatever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you guys define it? Well, that's, that's a good question because um, it, when you think about foreplay, we think of it as specific actions. Like you rub here 236 times, you do the figure eight, whatever you might want to think, right? It's a do. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like this checklist, you know, sort of like a pilot getting ready for the flight, you know, where you just do your pre-flight checklist. Check, check, check. Yeah. And then I'm good to go. And instead, the point that we're trying to make is it isn't about doing specific actions. It's making sure that she is moving through the sexual response cycle to get Mm. towards orgasm. And that's what's often missing is you need to work with her body. It's not about doing things. Talk to us about the sexual response cycle. And then maybe Sheila, if you can tell us what's the woman's sexual response cycle and then Keith, how that contrasts with the man's sexual response cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, do you want to go? Okay. Go first. Okay. I'm going to push back a little bit because it isn't exactly gendered. Okay. Um, if we want to take a step back and just simply ask what libido is, because it actually yeah. depends on what kind of libido you have. And men are more likely to have a certain kind of libido and women are more likely to have another kind of libido, but there's a lot of overlap. Yes. So, so it could be, it, so it doesn't, I don't want anyone to think that I'm weird if I don't match up the gendered thing. Absolutely. That's good. But, Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. Okay, but, but here's how I would often explain it. All right. You watch a movie, a TV show, Netflix show. The plot when it comes to sex is always the same, right? I think I've said this on your show before, but but it's worth saying again. So the couple is together and they're panting. And then they start kissing and they take off their clothes and they end up in bed, right? So that's how it goes, right? You pant, kiss, close bed. Uh-huh. Like that's, that's, that's what sex is. And we expect that to be what it's going to be like for us. Right. Mm-hmm. The kids go down to bed, yeah. pant, close. <laughs> so, so there you are. And everyone's waiting to pant. And the thing is, some people might do that. Some people and, might pant first. And typically guys mm-hmm. are more like that than women. Yes. Mm-hmm. But some men aren't and some women are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But either way. Yeah. But, but some people might not be pant kiss close bed. Some people might be more like, you know, brush your teeth, bed, <laughs> kiss, clothes, pant. Like, right. so that, and it doesn't matter when the panting happens as long as it does happen. And so mm. for some people, it's like you're panting first and then you move into excitement and then you get into arousal and then yeah. you reach orgasm. And for some people, it's like you actually you actually experience excitement first and then you start to pant or have desire as we call it. So 
Good. Okay. So panting is what you would call desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, f- okay. So I, I, get, I know we're kind of using the generalities or sweeping generalizations. Okay. The man, he's normally panting first or how does this work? <laughs> well, so I think that, that guys are more typically sort of ready to go. <laughs> yep. and, and a lot of times women need some excitement and some connection and some low grade stuff um, beforehand to get them to the point that they're ready to you know, engage in this. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't want to, it's just that that's not where their brain is right now. And I think mm-hmm. guys need to learn, mm-hmm. you know, you have to start, you know, in a different way than just jumping right in with both feet. Um, or some so, other body part. Or yeah. whatever body part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can yeah. hear a guy somewhere going, okay, Keith, I hear you. We need to do other things besides just you know, expecting her yeah. to start panning when she sees me without my shirt on. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what do I do or what steps do I take in order to bring excitement to our marriage? Because mm-hmm. I've tried everything and I, I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, the, and the book's got a lot of really practical stuff in it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about theoretical, you know, the sexual response cycle. We actually mm-hmm. go through very specific practical ways to do that. But mm-hmm. I think the big overarching message I would give is the first thing is to recognize that some people have desire and then they initiate sex. Some people, ha- you know, you need to start slow and then they start to, and recognize that doesn't mean your wife's broken, that she doesn't right. think of sex the way that you do. Because right. a lot of guys think, oh, I want to have sex with her at the drop of a hat. If she says, yes, I'm ready to go. When I ask her, she's like, meh, maybe, maybe not. I don't care. It feels like she doesn't want you. Right. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the way it is. And again, yeah. it can be, re- it can be reversed in other, other marriages as well, too. Mm-hmm. It's not always a guy girl thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the good. first thing I would say. The yeah. second thing I would say is that we talk about the sexual response cycle. So in the, in the typical classical guy, it's desire, excitement, arousal. Now for guys, this is all kind of like, it's just like one smear of color. Like there's no, <laughs> yeah, like I don't even think a lot of men would differentiate between those three yeah. things. Yeah. Right? I have desire. Now I'm excited. There is a fit. I was just gonna say there is a physical indication when a man's excited. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. the, and I, I've read actually that that is helpful for men to know that, okay, that's me excited, but women, it's not as clear cut yeah. as that, right? Like a physical. There's some, but it's not as visual symptom, to you. Yeah. 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 And in the book, we go through all the medical stuff about what does it look like? How does your body respond? Both men and women. And we go through all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the big takeaway I would give to the guys is, is to realize that women, it's not all the same for women all the way through. They go through different phases where they're looking for different things from you. Uh, mm-hmm. as their husband and you need to know when it's time to shift gears and move to something different mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so that they can really enjoy it yeah like in excitement so excitement is is basically warming her up right this is when you 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 kiss her neck you kiss her earlobe you know you kiss her in general you're touching her arm like you're just you're being affectionate and you're starting the more sexual stuff but You do the first thing that you do is you don't go for the clitoris. Okay. Like you do not go for the sexy, sexy parts when she's not excited yet. Cause that's Mm -hmm. really off putting. This is Mm -hmm. what a lot of guys don't think. Oh, it's foreplay time. So I'm going to go for the sexy, sexy bits. And if you do that before she's ready, she's not going to get turned on. She's just going to be like, okay, that feels really intrusive. Like it feels like a pap smear. 
Like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, it's true because yep. we hear from women all the time about, you know, having, can you tell my husband that grabbing my butt when I'm doing the dishes is not foreplay? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. There's more yeah. truth in that. Yeah. So would you consider the kissing, that excitement phase, would that be part of foreplay? Yeah. Absolutely. It's all part of our play. Yeah. yeah. So the arousal phase, that's when she's actually lubricated. That's when she's breathing more heavily. Um, you know, her areolas around her nipples have increased in size. Like you can start to see, and that's when she wants you to touch the sexy, sexy bits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's when her sexy, sexy bits are like saying, hello, pay attention to me. And that's mm-hmm. what you do. But if you do that too early, you actually miss out yeah. on the whole thing and you can you you can you can miss out an orgasm completely and and the big thing we're trying to get to guys is that for guys sex is sort of like a switch it's on or off Mm -hmm. but for women it's a progression Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. this to this to this to this to the culmination in orgasm and Mm -hmm. and that's not wrong it's just Mm -hmm. different and a lot of times we have been trained to think of sex purely from a male standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, because you know hollywood all these Mm -hmm. things portray it as easy, quick, fast, mm-hmm. pant, kiss, mm-hmm. closed bed. And, <laughs> yeah. and, right. and when our wife doesn't do that, we think what's wrong with her. Well, uh-huh. there's no, nothing's wrong with her. We've just been taught badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh. That's so good. And yes. I've heard that the, like when, when that goes badly enough times, then she has less, I, I hate to use the word, but like less drive yeah. to go to the bed. Mm-hmm. I heard someone say though that, that low libido is a couple issue, not a woman's issue, mm-hmm. or if we're using the, the genders that we're using, but yeah. it's a couple issue. And we have to take a look back at, okay, what are we doing that's not helping us mm-hmm. get to the place that we both want to be? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. How would you coach a couple like, okay, so now I know this. Mm-hmm. How, do I, how do I start doing it better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, first of all, even going back to basics and understanding what we mean by sex. Um, and again, I think, I think we've talked about this before, but this is really important to hammer home is that we often think that sex is intercourse, right? So, um, you do the thing, he puts it <laughs> inside her moves around it climaxes and that's the thing. Now we've had the sex. Um, but what we found is that if that is all that sex is, mm-hmm. her chance of reaching orgasm is quite low. Mm-hmm. And that's not biblically what sex is. Right. Like biblically, we know from Genesis 4, that strange verse, Adam knew his wife Eve and they conceived a son. Like biblically, sex is a deep knowing, a deep intimacy. Mm-hmm. So sex is supposed to be intimate. We know it's pleasurable for both from Song of Solomon. I mean, if you actually count the words, she says more words than he does. So right. she's having a really good time. So And she initiates more. She does. So, you know, you've got. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're just enjoying each other. Yes. It's not about racing to the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this intimate, pleasurable, totally mutual thing. Mm-hmm. And when you think about sex that way, it isn't just about, you know, whether or not he's gotten release. We start to realize this is about something that we do together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things we say in the Good Guys Guide to Great Sex, we, we've been to London, England a bunch of times. I don't know if you've ever been there, but mm-hmm. um, 
if you go on the underground, which is their subway, they always have this one phrase that they say over and over again. Every time the doors open, they say, mind the gap. Yes, mind the gap. (laughs) And it's this huge thing. And what they mean is mind the gap between the platform and the train. But we all need to mind the gap too. Because we have a 47-point orgasm gap. Talk about the orgasm gap, Sheila. Okay, (laughs) do you want to do this one? No, you go ahead. Okay, so 95% of men almost always or always reach orgasm during a Mm -hmm. sexual encounter. And it's only about 48% of women. So when we're wondering why women have no libido, guys, (laughs) (laughs) if you were told you're never going to orgasm this year, but you're going to have intercourse like 50 times, how would you feel? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't be looking forward to it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe not. (laughs) But then, then, guys, you're also told... But it's okay because what you really like is the closeness. Mm, yeah. 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 And, and this is, goes back to what you were saying earlier about low drive. And wh- low drive is not a woman problem. It's a couple problem. Is right. that, that's what we've been teaching. We've been teaching that sex is this wonderful gift from God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, that's not their lived experience. And the teaching they get is, well, it is, so just do it. <laughs> uh, and, so, and, so, and so what happens is instead we get this mentality where I guess it's just not meant for me. It's something I do for my husband. And this book is trying to correct that. It's trying to say, mm-hmm. guys, this is something that's supposed to be good for both of you. And that's why we start with the orgasm gap. Mm-hmm. Like, if, Can you imagine if guys only orgasmed? half the time and half the time they were left hanging (laughs) they would never tolerate that why do we allow our wives to have Mm -hmm. that kind of a sex life Mm -hmm. we can do better than that christian men we really can oh yes amen and i think that's just kind of going back to what you were talking about by knowing Mm -hmm. like that's where that Mm -hmm. real intimacy is and man when you know your wife you're you know how to help her into this space that she's able to experience an orgasm. Mm -hmm. But I've I've heard from a lot of women, I feel objectified. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when women don't feel pursued for them subjectively. Like I want to help you into this place rather than I just need to, you know, yeah, just need to get off or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like men would never say that, but sometimes that's what the, how it plays out. plays out. But mm-hmm. I think it's difficult some for some men though to separate sex and closeness. It's like sex mm-hmm. means closeness, mm-hmm. but it's maybe not the same thing to the woman. Hmm. Well, yeah. I- did you guys talk about that at all in the survey or ask questions about that? Yeah. I, th- you know, I think one of the issues is um, that for a lot of men, especially they see sex as their way to connect because often they find it difficult to connect emotionally in other ways. Um, And, and that doesn't tend to lead to a good sex life or a good marriage. Mm. So what we found is that men who were able to share their feelings outside of the bedroom um, had a much, much better sex life inside the bedroom. Hmm. But often because we say sex equals intimacy, intimacy, sex equals closeness, then if he feels distant, he just wants to have sex to fix it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't fix it because we need to learn how to really be vulnerable emotionally with each other. And that that's difficult if you didn't grow up 
feeling sure safe is. sharing your feelings. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's a lot easier for a lot of guys to sexualize these things rather than to deal with the actual issues. You know, yeah. your sense of mm-hmm. vulnerability, your sense of your fear of rejection, mm-hmm. all these things that we, we wrestle with in ourselves rather than dealing with those things and building the relationship we go to sex because it makes us feel better. It makes mm-hmm. us feel manly. Uh, and that doesn't help in the long term. Mm-hmm. And connected. The man feels connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he, he just had this experience, the oxytocin, dopamine, yeah. all, all those yeah. things that connected him. It's probably the only time he does feel connected if he's not able to express mm-hmm. outside of the of the mar- or outside of the bedroom. Right. So it really goes, what I'm hearing, it goes back down to this emotional intelligence that a lot of guys struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think, um, not just the church, but church culture, how do you think that has contributed to everything we're talking about? The gap, the um, emotional intelligence issue, the the um, entitlement, male entitlement issue. How How has the church contributed to this? I think just the way that we frame um, sex in marriage is we frame it very much as a man's need and a woman's obligation. Mm. Um, And that is one of the things that we measured for both men and women is how many people believe those things. Um, Mm. And, you know, interestingly, what we found is that when men feel entitled to sex, that actually has like as bad an effect on their sex life as if they used porn Um, as if they, um, you know, had multiple partners before marriage, like all Mm -hmm. of the things that we say are really, really bad that the church preaches against Mm -hmm. the thing, you know, the obligation sex message, which the church actually preaches Mm -hmm. is as dangerous as the things that the church teaches against. Because it does the same thing as those other bad things. It teaches to see sex as something that is for me. Mm-hmm. as opposed to something that is supposed to build us. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you're right. I, I was actually at a bridal shower recently and I go to a lot of bridal showers, by the way. So if you're thinking, if you're listening and you know me personally, you're like, I oh, know which one that was. <laughs> you probably don't because I've been to a lot. But um, I, I was at a bridal shower, you know, some of the games where everyone writes like a piece of advice to the bride and then it gets read aloud. And, you know, my sister and I, we love to just like, you know, celebrate sexuality. And so we, you know, we're up there going, woo, you know, on each piece of advice. And, and then there was a piece of advice that came across and it was like, have sex, say yes, even when you don't want to. And my sister and I looked at each other and we're like, oh, (laughs) like this is what keeps getting propagated, even in what we would consider a more comfortable you know, celebratory environment around sex and sexuality in the Christian church. Um, And so it's, it's sad to me that that does, that that does happen. What can people do if they're in a situation like that? Maybe they're in a a conversation with trusted friends or um, maybe even in counseling, you know, whether that's professional counseling or, you know, church pastoral counseling, what can people do to fight against this message that keeps on getting circulated and propagated? Yeah. Well, again, go back to the three functions of sex. Is is it intimate, mutual, and pleasurable for both? Because if it's not, then 
it's not actually sex as the Bible defines it. And people keep bringing up first Corinthians seven, you know, the do not deprive each other verses. Mm -hmm. If it's not mutual, if it's not pleasurable for both, if it's not intimate, she's already being deprived Mm. or he is. And so those verses don't even apply. Like before we can even talk about those verses, we need a baseline. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and what, what, what I found is often in marriage counseling, one of the first questions they'll say is, so, so, you know, are you guys having sex? And they say, oh yeah, we have sex twice a week. Okay. Well then check. That's fine. Then it's like, no, because <laughs> frequency is not the issue. And this is one of the big things we tried to drill down on in both the good guys guide to great sex and the new good girls guide to great sex is that in the church, we've often defined the main problem as that of figuring out libido differences. But our studies found that when there is no sexual dysfunction, there's no porn use, there's high marital satisfaction, they feel emotionally close during sex, and she frequently orgasms, the frequency tends to take care of itself. Mm -hmm. So frequency is a symptom. It is not the cause. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so guys, you know, I, I really, I really believe guys are so much better than <laughs> what a lot of books portray men as. I don't think men just want women who will have sex with them. I think men want women who want to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. No, that's a hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so guys, like you can be rock stars in the bedroom if you, <laughs> if you get this concept, Yeah, sex can be something really beautiful. And that's what we really want to empower um, couples to get. And, yeah. and the other thing in the church that we've done, I think, and I don't think we've meant to, is we've sort of, you know, separated the elements of sexuality because mm. sex in the way God made it is meant to be not just physical, but also emotional and, and even spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've sort of separated that out so that the physical part is the guys and mm-hmm. the emotional and spiritual part is the girls. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, you know, you're a real man if you don't have any emotions and you just really like the physical part and you're kind of a weird woman. If you like the physical part, you should be working on the emotions. Right. Mm. And it's like we, it, this, the point of these books is to say, can we not together see the fullness of what God intended sex to be? And that we both learn the, the holistic version of sex, which is mm-hmm. physical, emotional and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And the books are based on that, that triad. Uh, there's sections mm-hmm. for each of those areas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so good. A lot of men are sold short because they have emotions, regardless if they realize it or not. They they have emotions, mm-hmm. and it's it is running their the what they do, their behavior, yeah. whether they realize it or not. Yeah. So I guess we have to start pointing out, hey, those are emotions. We <laughs> probably should share them. Because sometimes I'm, I, you know, I, I'm talking to guys and it's like they get stuck with, well, I don't have anything to say. Like, I'm feeling this. It's like it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to sharing, yeah. to exploring your emotions than just. Not just the label of the emotion yeah, itself. I think that's what a lot of guys hear mm-hmm. that as. Like, mm-hmm. Pick one, okay, share quick it. Tip, quick yeah. tip for any couples listening, all right? Yes. If you want to get to emotional closeness. Here's a really fun thing you can do every day is just at the end of the day, um, share two moments from your day. The, the moment that you felt the most in the groove, like God is working through me. I am energized. This is amazing. And then the mm-hmm. moment when you felt the most defeated, like I am exhausted. I hate this. I'm not in a good place. <laughs> right. That's good. Yep. So it's Cause often what we do is we say, how was your day? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and then you don't know what to say, especially if your spouse is an introvert and that could be either male or female, or if your spouse, you know, is more of a thinker person on the MBTI. Again, it could be either male or female. You don't know what to say. Or if mm-hmm. someone says, so what did you do today? Well, I had three client meetings and I went out to lunch and I stopped by the bank and I, you know, right. <laughs> like, yep. but if you share two emotional moments, yeah. you know, that connects you That's and really it cool. also helps you understand yourself. Right. I started doing this and I was realizing that every single moment where I felt defeated for five days straight was when I checked my email. <laughs> oh, all and right. that was when I hired someone to start doing my email for me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. My wife oh. is listening, hopefully. <laughs> hey, we have people doing our emails too. No, but it's true. That's recognizing patterns in yourself as you process them out loud with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do in this book is call guys to wholeness, right? Uh-huh. I mean, to, to more than just, you know, <laughs> a sex machine with no emotions, <laughs> you know, right. like, like we, you know, guys are capable of, of, inc- you know, really digging deep in these areas, yes. and, mm-hmm. but we just, but a lot of us don't, just don't have the tools yeah. and we haven't had the training and we mm-hmm. haven't been taught how to do these things. And yep. they make your life so much richer when you can connect with your wife, not just physically, but emotionally and even spiritually mm-hmm. as well. Too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Practical ways to do that, like the one Sheila just shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll tell you too. The other problem with guys <laughs> is they have had a ton of shame put on them. Yes, for a normal male sex drive, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things we were measuring. Um, yeah. So you we were talking about the the questions Sheila was saying on. We we had all these standardized questions for mm-hmm. sexual satisfaction, marital satisfaction, that stuff. We started with those ones because we want we didn't want to scare people off at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, but then what we were doing is we were trying to come up with questions to figure out, because one of our questions was this whole idea of all men lust, every man yeah. struggles with lust, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never liked that concept and it always, you know, bothered me. So we actually went in the questions, we started questioning, would you lust in this situation? Would you do this? We have some scenarios, ah. would you do X, Y, Z? Would you do this? Would you do that? Would you stare at her? Would you do these things? Mm-hmm. And the problem is that we actually decided that because there's teaching out there that all men lust in certain books. Yeah. So we decided to take the scenarios in those books and put them into the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And, okay. and, then we were, and then we were like, oh my gosh, like, are we in a bad situation? Because the things that these pe- books are saying men do are really, really lewd and not, ter- not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> like, some of the examples you guys gave. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like so, masturbating in a car parking lot outside yeah. a gym. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like who, who really does that? Book. I mean, that's in, but that's in a Christian book as in yeah. you know, like guys, you know, you get lusting and maybe you did this and maybe you did that. And maybe you parked outside a gym parking lot and what? So we asked the question, do you feel you personally struggle with lust? Mm-hmm. And we got, what was it? 75% said they have a struggle on a daily basis. On with a lust. daily basis. Okay. But this is self-reported. This is mm-hmm. the major, but we then gave them, we gave them a bunch of scenarios and, you know, to see if they lusted in any of those scenarios. Um, and we also asked, you know, are, do you have images of porn or memories or visual things going through your mind that are distracting and that bother you? And of the 75% who say they struggle with lust, almost half of them do not show any lust in the scenarios, do not have you know, a visual Rolodex of images and do not use porn. Wow. 
So, so what are they defining as lust then? Yeah. And this is what we think. Mm-hmm. We think that a lot of men think they're lusting when they're just being male. Mm. <laughs> they're like, noticing. They're noticing beautiful women and they yeah. think, oh my gosh, I'm so sinful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we then allow men who are lewd and inappropriate. We excuse that behavior because we go, oh, well, you know, they're just being boys. Mm. No, there is a difference. You can mm-hmm. appreciate and value the beauty you know, in women mm-hmm. without objectifying and treating them like, like a sex object. Yeah. Um, That's so good. But it's like, that- okay. If you watch a Marvel movie, Carissa, and like I, you see Chris Evans and you think he's good looking and you say, oh, he's hot. No one thinks anything of it. But Adam, <laughs> if you said that who's in the Marvels, it's Scarlett Johansson or is that a different Bla- series? Black, Black Widow. Black Widow. Like if you said Black Widow was hot, everybody would like, hmm, you that is lust. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like women are allowed to do it. Men aren't. That's interesting. Well, yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. So when working with clients, that totally what you're saying is yeah. backing up what my experience is. I, I like to separate, okay, what is lust? Yeah. And yeah. and sitting there and asking, okay, noticing, you know, that could be praise, you know, looking at someone saying like, God mm-hmm. has done an amazing job with this person. <laughs> like they're beautiful. Yep. Okay. Now there's a decision point that comes in. Yes. Mm-hmm. That we all hit. Yeah. Now, do you look the other way or not let your brain go there? You know, like yeah. the old, yeah. the old analogy, you know, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest yes. in your hair. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I think that's, that's so helpful for guys because for so long they, they think I'm such a horrible wretch, but then on the flip side, mm-hmm. and I say this very carefully, there's a lot of women that I've worked with too, that any, because of her insecurities, mm-hmm. And maybe her knowing that he has struggled with pornography at different times of his life or has seen some stuff, mm-hmm. any wayward glance in the direction of a woman that's mm-hmm. attractive is, see, I caught you again. Yeah. You, you terrible human being. And then that message gets reinforced. Yes. Yeah. And, and I know guys that are just like keeping their eyes down all the time because to me, that's shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, so this is kind of reinforced. I've seen this in, in couples. Absolutely. Yeah. How would you speak to the couple who's experiencing that dynamic right now? Yeah. No, first of all, I, I do want to say, you know, the Chris Evans Black Widow thing, like we should not be talking about how hot anyone else is. <laughs> I just, Thank you for the I clarification. Just, yes. I just, I just do want to say, I just find it interesting that a woman can do it and get away with it. But yeah. with a man, we automatically label it lust. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's very true. When it's involuntary, it's not on you. But then we do have that decision. And I think yeah. when there's been real betrayal in a relationship, that betrayal needs to be healed. Yeah. And that's that can be a very long process. And in, in both books, um, we talk about how that healing, what that healing looks like. Good. Um, in and uh go into a lot of detail and in some stories and that we found really helpful. But there's 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 a lot of myths around porn use <laughs> and mm-hmm. that we need to understand in the Christian church, but we also need to take seriously the fact that trust needs to be rebuilt and betrayal is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that has often been, women haven't been allowed to feel that betrayal because mm-hmm. we say, well, you need to forgive him. 
Yeah. Yep, just get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Even, and even worse, we often say to women, maybe if you'd had sex more, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been tempted to go back mm-hmm. to Yes. And that's yeah. a terrible thing mm-hmm. right. that, that, that ever gets said in the church. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Porn, p- porn and sex are not the same thing. That's right. Because no. sex, as we said, is mutual, intimate, mm-hmm. pleasurable. Porn is me getting a physical appetite met mm-hmm. the way I want when I want. Right. right. Without the without the knowing piece. Yeah. yeah and reciprocity. Actually. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the whole meal. It just leaves mm-hmm. people yeah. empty mm-hmm. still. Yeah. And, and it's predicated on the idea that women are objects rather than people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's how you defeat lust uh, and that's how you defeat porn is seeing women as people mm-hmm. um, you know yeah. one of the things i loved it, that sheila had in a post recently she talked about the when jesus said do you see this woman mm-hmm. right jesus didn't bounce his eyes away from women jesus saw women mm-hmm. and if we want to be christian men who have victory in our sex lives and our sexuality we need to see women mm-hmm. actually see them for who god made them to be yeah. It's oh, beautiful. wow. That is really good. Yeah. What What's a practical step that a man can take to start seeing women for who they are, for who God made them to be as people, rather than um, the objectification that they've tended toward for so long? We'll be right back to the interview. But first, we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Ask a woman for advice on something. <laughs> nice. Seriously. Yes. Like, there is, there's probably women in your church who are really good at finances or, you know, yep. <laughs> like yep. ask a woman, ask an older woman mentor or something for advice. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. often we, we don't think of women for what they can offer mm-hmm. unless it's in a sexual realm mm-hmm. or it's in a serving in the kitchen realm. Ah, so, <laughs> yes. You know, mm-hmm. ask a woman what she thinks about some Bible passage. Ask a woman, yeah, you know, a yes. question like that. It's good. I like that. That's such a good practical step. So there's a homework item, guys. You're listening. <laughs> Ask a woman for advice outside of the kitchen or <laughs> sexual favor. <laughs> or even just her perspective on something. Yes. Often women see things in a very different way than we do as men. Right. And, and being open to seeing that and recognizing that maybe, you know, that's a good thing. Maybe God has given us all a way of looking at things and we, we're all better off if we see each other's point of view. Yeah. Yep. And I'm thinking of this in in the context of marriage, obviously, and how valuable would your wife feel to be able to offer you a perspective that you solicited 
mm-hmm. you know, and that she sees, oh, he values what I have to bring to the table outside of the kitchen and the bedroom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And when she feels valued, like her opinions matter, I think her orgasm rate increases 12 times or something like it's, it's huge so like <gasps> wow it helps. it's huge yeah yes. oh. that, that is a consistent thing like yeah. m- men who value their their wives outside the bedroom Mm-hmm. have a much better time with their wives inside the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Doesn't oh my it make sense though? Because she feels known. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that. I think what you said a little bit ago, it's, it's that when you value me, when you see what I bring, the benefit, like all the things that I, I do around this mm-hmm. and you recognize it and even like specifically recognize it, that definitely brings a closeness to marriage. Oh like, yeah. Because Everyone wants to feel appreciated. Yeah. And, yeah. and not just for her, but for him as well, too. Because, you know, when my wife wants to have sex with me, when my wife wants to be intimate with me, she's not just giving it to me because she feels she has to, That's but right. she wants to, then I feel really known. Yes. And, it, and it's so, inc- it's such a more incredible thing than just the physical aspect of things. Yes. That yep. was pretty smart when he made us different, huh? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely because it does it does encourage sanctification oh yeah of like i have to learn other things i have to strive to understand somebody that's very different than me and has mm-hmm. different desires and mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot of things for me to learn and to be humble about uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. else i get things wrong and it doesn't go well <laughs> right <laughs> Wow. Okay. Question for you guys. How, if you had to summarize the aim of your book in uh, the good guy's guide to great sex in say two sentences. So one sentence each. That's hard. <laughs> How would you summarize the aim? So I'll start for me. I think it's, there's two populations. There's guys who are just getting married okay. uh, or are very early in the marriage. And there's people who've been married for a long time. True. So, yeah. So for me, the passion in this was writing it to myself because I made a lot of very bad mistakes, which you'll read all about in the book. Um, And, uh, but I just, to the young people who are getting married, start off well, and it can, it will only get better and better and better. That's what Mm. I would like to say this book will do for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just want to say you can rock your wife's world. And we have this analogy in the book of standing on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. And on one side, there's a desert thorny desert and on the other side there's this lush valley and think of your sex life like a snowball that's going down that mountain the problem Mm -hmm. is you don't know which side is which picking up steam and it's getting bigger as it goes right and as it goes down your habits they're gonna get more and more and more and if you're heading in the wrong direction it's really a pain because you gotta go you gotta get in front of the snowball push it all the way back up the mountain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then get it going down the other side and if you can just get it going down the right side at the beginning, it's so much easier. Ah, but yes. even if it's been going down the wrong side, you can start over. And mm. let me show you how, because sex is amazing. It is awesome. And you don't want to miss out on it. And so let's put in the work because in the end, it's not going to feel like work anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> that snowball will be rolling. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. Would you add to that at all, Keith, when you're speaking to the men who have been married for a long time and are listening? And, and that's what I would say to the guys who are married. That, you know, like if things are not going where you want them to be, then I think this book is going to give a, uh, a corrective yeah. to 
is gone, right? Mm-hmm. If you're open enough, open-minded enough to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I need a different approach here. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I need an approach that values my wife in a way that I haven't valued her in the past. Mm-hmm. And this book um, challenges guys and it, it asks some hard questions if things aren't going well. Um, questions that I had to ask myself. Yeah. Uh, and that's not going to be easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. But, but answering those questions and coming to terms with those things is the key to stopping that snowball and in its tracks and pushing it back up to mm-hmm. where it needs to go the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excellent. And, and the book kind of guides you through the work that you have to do to get there. And there's a lot yeah. of hope in it too, because we've got all kinds of great testimonies of people mm-hmm. who have decided to see sex you know, in a more, in a healthier way mm-hmm. turn around years of drought uh, <gasps> into, a, into a really vibrant, yeah. wonderful, holistic, beautiful sex life that the way God intended. Mm-hmm. Amen. So good. Yes. Put in the work, there's hope it can happen for right. you. Right. Yep. Um, can you guys tell us where people can go to pre-order your book? Cause when this comes out, your book won't be out quite yet. Yes. So what, where can people grab a hold of all those resources? So you can pre-order it um, now. If you pre-order from Amazon right now, Mm -hmm. um, you're guaranteed the lowest price. So the more people pre-order, the lower the price goes. And so if you pre-order now and the price drops, you're going to get it at the lowest price anyway. So that's always good. Um, Christianbooks.com, anywhere else that you buy books. If you go to my website, which is baremarriage.com, you can also get some pre-order bonuses. Just click on books. You will find our two new books, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex and The Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex. And we've got an amazing evangelical sex report card there. So you'll find out... (laughs) We, we graded evangelicals on all the different aspects of sex and we <laughs> even included some information about porn and lust that aren't in the books. So okay. extras in there. So go, if, if you, if you pre-order, you can get our evangelical report card and you can even get access to the books right now if you join our launch team. So you can just oh, go nice. over to baremarriage.com and check that out. So they don't get those things if they don't pre-order. Is that right? Right. But okay. we will give you a link. You can, we'll give you a link to put in your show notes too for how they can yes. get on the launch team. Awesome. Okay. We'll include all that in the show notes. So we'll include the Amazon link, baremarriage.com, where you can put in your pre-order and get all those goodies. Yeah, guys, go, go. Get get on the ball with this and yes. <laughs> make your life better and make your wife like you like your you said <laughs> yeah blow your what do you say uh rock rock, rock, rock your wife's there world. we go <laughs> rock your wife's world for once this would be good <laughs> that's awesome you guys um, well anything else you wanted to add or share before we close out the podcast with our question that we always ask mm, um, the only other thing I wanted to say was just a warning for the wedding night. Um, I think we have a big, we we did all this research on what makes a great honeymoon and what wrecks the honeymoon. And what one thing that we really found is that when couples wait for marriage to have sex, which is what we think that's, that's a biblical sexual ethic. Uh This can actually go badly if you Mm -hmm. have sex that first night and she's not aroused. And so just remember that on the wedding night, the aim is not, sex. Okay. You have a threefold aim. Once you get married first, it's to relax. Then it's to figure out how to get to arousal. And then it's to figure out intercourse. And if you do that in the wrong order, it's really difficult to go backwards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So start relax, then arousal, 
then intercourse. And if it doesn't happen Mm. on this first night, it's okay. It can happen over the next few days or the next few weeks, but Mm -hmm. you got a whole lot of decades to get this right. So set up the right foundation. (laughs) Beautiful. I'm so glad you added that piece. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to close out the episode and ask you both the question that we ask every interviewee. And that is rewinding back to the first couple years of your own marriage, which I mean, in essence, you've answered this question throughout the whole episode. Um, But what advice would you give to yourself? What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go first? There you go. I'll go first. (laughs) I guess I would say uh, dear young married couple. Uh, so it's not just to the guys, it's to the women too. I got to think out broadly. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I would say that the, I would say to the guys, uh, there's a lot of messages out there that make you think you're the center of things. Uh, and you need to, the best thing you can do in the first, uh, days of your marriage is make your wife the center of things. Um, don't see sex as something you're holding on to, holding on to until you can just let it all out on the wedding night. Think of it as you're starting a journey together. Um, and you got lots of time to work it out and it's not all about you. It's about both of you together. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And I guess to the women, I would say the things that our book says is that, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of discouraging messages out there about men, all men lust, uh, all men struggle with porn, all men, these, all men, these things. And there's a lot of good Christian men. And there's a lot of ways that we as Christian men can be healthy. And this book's, I'm hoping going to create, mm-hmm. you know, a whole generation of Christian men who are um, healthier in a sexual way and they in their yeah. sexuality. Yep. So don't Amen. have hope for the next generation of Christian men, women, mm-hmm. because I think they're, they're capable of a lot. And, and um, God is going to do great things through both of you. That's mm. good. Beautiful. Okay. Mine's going to be less, less, uh, less profound. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I thought you were going to say spiritually airy (laughs) fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Women, remember what you make him think that you like right now is what he is going to do to you for the next 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) So don't be kind and stroke his ego. He really wants to know what you like. And uh, so if you don't like yes. something, say something now, yeah. or you're going to be living with this forever. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's quite profound. <laughs> you, you can be kind and honest. Though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Please. Yes. Uh, you guys, this has been fabulous. We it know really it's going to help so many people. Thank you so much it's for always, what you've done. Always fun to have a conversation with you. And, yes. Yeah. And good to meet you, Keith. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, folks, go to baremarriage.com, use the link in the show notes, pre order your book, get all your goodies, and transform your marriage. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.